0: There's nothing quite like trying to convince a feisty little human that they need to sleep when they think they don't. Dr. Laura Jana is a paediatrician and author of The Toddler Brain, Nurture the Skills Today That Will Shape Your Child's Tomorrow. I'd like to know how much sleep toddlers need and what we can do when they resist getting the right amount. Hi, Laura. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good, thank you. Now, my children are a little bit older than toddlers but when they were around two that day nap I remember spending about half an hour trying to get my daughter to have her day sleep when she was two and so so tired and I remember coming out my hair was everywhere at my parents place and I was so frustrated and angry and (laughs) My dad just looked at me and he said, what's wrong? I went, she won't go to sleep. And he said, she's only two. And I had to check well, myself. And you know
1: what? What you're describing is such a common frustration for parents. And I think at its core, part of the problem is we think of sleep as natural. And it is, but it doesn't always come naturally. Right, yes. and we've talked before, so the same could be said about breastfeeding. It's very natural, but it doesn't always come naturally,
0: and that sort of has, a, you know, creates a problem for us as parents because we think it should just happen, especially when it's in the middle of the day and you're lying next to them, going, "Okay, I've read you a book." Exactly. The curtains are drawn, and,
1: and to not disclose my, you know, my American background here, but you know, and uh, you say day sleep, and I call it napping, but but basically, getting kids to fall asleep, whether it's during the day or at night can be quite a challenge, and I like to think of it as a learning experience. And I think it's a simple thing to say, but that shift in mindset of how you approach it as a parent take some of the frustration out, right? Because if you're trying to teach your child the alphabet and they don't quite get the LMNOP part and they mumble it, you think of ways to reinforce it, to practice it, to demonstrate it. And if you think of sleep that way, it's a learning experience. It doesn't always come naturally. What can you do to create the right environment? How do you become consistent and let the child practice? that helps. Your hair may still be all over. And you <laughs> still, You still may be very tired at the end of several days. Um, so that's where I like to start out. The other thing, as you mentioned, so I wrote the book, The Toddler Brain, and in it, I was looking at skills and abilities. And quite honestly, the skill I couldn't figure out how to include in that book's framework was sleep. Now, I didn't list it as an official skill because I was talking about 21st century skills and skills you'll need to succeed in school and in work, right? So it was a sort of a specific... Um, angle, but here's what you here's what you'll notice. Each skill I describe, you know, our social emotional skills, our executive function skills, are all sleep dependent. So sleep is at the at the heart of a lot of this. The other phrase I like to use for people is, you know, short of drugging children, it's very hard to force them to fall asleep. Oh, he can't. And, and you can't cut me off before I end the rest of the sentence because the rest of the sentence is, and as a pediatrician, I absolutely do not condone drugging children to make them sleep. Right. <laughs> yes. So that leaves us with the discussion that we're going to have yeah, on how yeah. to have that happen. You know. Uh, In terms of total amount of sleep, there's a range, but, you know, under the age of one, sort of from about four months once babies get their sleep in line, you know, sort of figure out the pattern, um, till about one year, it's about, um, you know, it's 11 to 14 hours, 12 to 16 hours, you know, I mean, like in that range of total sleep in 24 hours, which means if you have a child who learns how to organize their sleep, get a nice long stretch at night, they can start to whittle down or need less during the day. Oh, I see. The child who still wakes up very frequently at night might need more during the day because they're not getting as much at night. That's why people lump it together as that sort of 12 to 16 hours. And then, and then what happens between 1 and 2 is then you drop down to 11 to 14, and then you know, two to, you know 3 to 5, you get down to about 10 to 13 hours 20 in, total in a 24-hour period. So that's the framework to work with. And you'll notice there's a range. Some kids are on the shorter end of that range, some kids. So there is natural variation. In terms of getting kids to nap, you know, I think one of the things that comes up all the time is, you know, when they're tired and they know they need sleep or, you know, when you're tired and you know you need sleep. But here's the question for you as an adult and as a parent. Do you always sleep when you know you should? Or do you scroll (laughs) through
0: your social media? Do you watch another movie or TV show? Well, my kids are older now, so I know if I don't sleep, I will never get sleep. Right. (laughs) Now, see, this is
1: where, as a parent, you start to, out of necessity, you get really good at, like, I need sleep and I'm going to do sleep because there's no way I'm ever going to catch up if I don't get sleep right now. But if you had all the time in the world and you're tired and you've got things to do, but do you always go to sleep when you know you should, when you're tired? No. Okay, so if you think of it helps to think of that saying just because a child's resisting sleep doesn't mean they don't need it, doesn't mean that they don't want it. So then the learning part is how to help them learn to calm themselves down, focus on, you know, get rid of the distractions and focus on the task at hand, which is falling asleep. That's where
0: you get into things like creating the right environment and all for them to fall asleep with. Let's say two-year-olds, just because I know it varies depending on their age and Mm -hmm. where they're at developmentally. But with two-year-olds, you would say, right, that they definitely need a day's sleep. Yes. And, you know, I, in addition to being a pediatrician, I owned
1: an educational child care center with 200 kids, mostly under the age of five, (laughs) for 10 years. So I dealt with a lot of children and a lot of variations. And that was perhaps one of the most common questions, because we would have children who, you know, it was very clear they needed a nap. And, you know, when they were in our four or five year old classrooms, still napping, no problem. But then there were the, the children who had lost their ability to nap. And their parents actually became convinced they didn't need it, whether that was at age two or three. From what I understand and what I've seen and what I know about healthy sleep, they do need it. It's whether they get it, right? Just like when you hear an adult who says, oh, I can survive on three hours sleep and I'm, you know, yes, they can. That does not mean that's healthy or ideal. So at the age of two, it's a pretty easy answer. Pretty much all two-year-olds still need daytime naps. Um, when you get towards four or five is when I find that some kids are doing okay. Now those are, those are also often the kids who might sleep 12 hours at night um, and, you know, really good night's sleep. But it was more the four and five where I'd say, well, I'm not entirely sure. And if their behavior is great and they're doing well and they wake up, you know, happy and refreshed instead of cranky and, and
0: all, um, then they may be able to do that. But at two, yes, they do need it. What I hear a lot about, both um, from my experience and also friends anecdotally, we've tended a lot of us to have our second child when our first was around two or two and a half. And so many parents tell me when they brought the second baby home, their first child refused to have the day sleep or the nap. And I'm wondering what's going on there. Well, let me ask you. If you you know there's a big party going on, (laughs) and I say
1: there's this big party going on, it's so exciting, it's happening this time, as in the baby's coming home, and we're going to, but now it's time for you to go to sleep, we'll see you later, right? If you think about it, I mean, two-year-olds are at this stage, right, and this is where I talk about the skills, but I mean, curiosity, wanting to engage with the world, figure out how it works, new sense of independence, why would they possibly? And but they don't have all their executive function skills, like thinking through their actions, impulse control. So to say, you know, disregard your impulses. Your impulses to go, touch, do things, be involved. If they, you know you're doing something, I want to come do it with you. Um, and to think through your actions, right? Both being core aspects of executive function skills. That would be the if I don't sleep now, I'm going to be really tired tomorrow morning and things. Two-year-olds don't have those skills. Those executive function skills develop very rapidly between age three and five. And I always add on for those parents with older children, don't fully develop until the 20s. Right? <laughs> so that gets us through to a different conversation about the teen years. Okay? But if that's the case, a lot of times it's things are new. There's a lot. So children like routine. They like predictability because then they can explore in a safe environment. They know something's going on, and it's always involved them, and now it doesn't. There's a new baby. And so there's a lot of reasons why they, it, it's a sleep disturbance, right? I mean, it's their, their, their worldview just shifted. Um, they may not be the only center of attention anymore, um, and they certainly have a sense that there's something going on, and they want to be part of the party as opposed to it's time for you to go to sleep while we have a party.
0: You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Dr. Laura Jana. She's a paediatrician, educator, and author of The Toddler Brain, Nurture the Skills Today That Will Shape Your Child's Tomorrow. We're dipping into sleep today, which is not necessarily a single chapter in her book, but as Laura said, it affects all the other chapters. Um, So... When you're talking about those, all those executive functioning skills, all the skills that you talk about in your book, Needing Sleep, and how much sleep toddlers need to get, what's happening in their brain at that age when they're sleeping? So I'm so glad you asked the question because, you know, for a
1: long time we just thought, oh, sleep's a good thing, right? And we know that personally because we know what it feels like to not get a good night's sleep. That's the first thing for parents to remember, by the way. If you don't feel good when you don't get enough sleep, your child is there's no way they feel good either, right? They don't have to be really verbal and explain that to you. But there's no reason to think that young children are just fine without getting sleep. So the goal is let's all figure out how to get a good night's sleep. But the other part, and this is where I've learned to to explain, it used to be that we treated sleep as if it was just the absence of being awake, right? Which means it's like just this big black hole of you're not awake, you're not doing things, you're not productive. What we know, and you know, my background is actually cellular molecular biology and neuroscience, right? So what what gets me very excited, and, and in part just because it makes it seem more tangible and real to people we always knew sleep was important. But now we can start to study things like, for example, new memories being processed in the brain, the brain making connections. And, and people actually even study like connecting of neurons sort at, at that level of what happens during sleep. We also get down to the level of the genes and what happens. And that's, you know, people describe it as sort of the picking up the waste, you know, the trash collection of molecules in the brain and, and byproducts and things that all happen during sleep. So I won't bore people, right? I mean, if somebody is <laughs> sleep deprived, I'm about, that will, if I kept talking, I'm going to put them to sleep, talking about the capping of telomeres and methylation. you know. But the point being, a whole lot goes on during sleep that we know is really important for cognition, for health, for you know, being able to do all the things that we want to be able to do when we're awake. It's just as important. We've just always focused on when we're awake is when we're productive and when we're asleep, it's just a blank slate. And that is absolutely the wrong way to look at sleep.
0: I love all the science behind why children need sleep and also understanding a good period of time that they need at different ages. But I know that if I was a parent lis- <laughs> listening at home, the thing I'd be saying is, okay, okay. But how do I do it? You well, you could read them a that? book on the methylation of telomeres. <laughs> sleep. No, I'm just kidding. Puts, it puts everybody to sleep except those of us who are really
1: interested. No, so to the practical side, all right? So... If you think about what we talked about, it's typical. I mean, I'm not telling parents anything they don't know about toddlers. They're usually pretty busy. They really want to be involved in things. They're easily distracted. They don't have impulse control. And the focus and attention that we see developing in those first five years, not really developed, right? Short attention spans. So how could you create an environment where it would be more less distracting, more conducive, and something that toddlers like to do? I am, and we've talked about this before on on past occasions, I'm a huge early literacy advocate. Books for babies, books for toddlers, books for high school, you know, I mean, all the way through. But think about what sitting and reading books does with young children. Hopefully it's a relative, it can be a relatively quiet and calm activity, right? It's undivided attention, and lots of times that's what toddlers want when you bring in, like, new siblings into the discussion. Um, it's really hard to multitask and read a book to a toddler at the same time. <laughs> yes. So it sort of forces parents, those of us who sometimes... Now, when my kids were young, I've now got a 21, 20, and 18-year-olds as wow. of last week. Um, but when they were young, I didn't have the temptation of cell phones, right? Like, we didn't have all the smartphones and everything else. But now it's hard to read and do that. So, again, you create this environment, make it nice and calm, make it a, a routine, all right, and undivided attention and pick the stories. And what I often did, and this was both at home and also in the childcare setting for 10 years worth of, you know, a whole lot of two-year-olds coming through who have often, a lot of them had never mastered the art of falling asleep, much less at a different location, right, away from home. Um, I said, and then you can let them go to sleep with books, right? You don't have to take it away. You don't have to say, you can play with this for a little while, but now I'm going to abruptly take it away from you, and now it's time to sleep. So I even taught my teachers. I said, yes, they need to take a nap, but this is quiet time. What they're learning is to not distract other people. Again, based on this premise, you can't force them to fall asleep. Just because you say it's nap time doesn't mean they're going to fall asleep. But if you give them some books, right, and they can lay there, and you say, you get to, fine, you decide. Now, I've always used the story that, okay, as an adult, What puts me to sleep if I'm really tired? If I try to read, I am asleep in 30 seconds. Like It's always when you have to read something and you're trying to get it done. So I said, listen, what's the best thing when you're really tired is you say, I'm not tired. I'm going to read. And then you fall asleep because you're tired, right? And then leave it to one of my three children to be like the anomaly to that where I had my middle, my first son, could read until five in the morning when he was like six years old, seven years old. And I was like, "Okay, so much for that. (laughs) Every now and then there is the child who's going to prove you wrong on anything that I say. Um, But this idea of worse things could happen than having a child stay up reading a book. That's very rare. Usually, just like adults, they fall asleep. If it's quiet, conducive environment, they're not fighting battles. They're not all worked up and defiant, right? They, They learn to fall asleep.
0: Laura, I have to stop there because otherwise we'll talk all day about sleep. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming in. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. That's Dr. Laura Jana. She's the author of The Toddler Brain, Nurture the Skills Today That Will Shape Your Child's Tomorrow. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website, just head to kindling.com.au.